1: listening to Ask Nurse Alice presented by nurse.org where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews.
0: Hello friends and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner and chief nursing officer here at nurse.org. Just a quick shout out I want to thank nurse.org so much for allowing us to have this podcast they support nurses everywhere from the beginning of your nursing journey to your NCLEX, to your practicing years, your APN years, to your retirement years. Once a nurse, always a nurse. And they love and support you guys so much. So make sure to visit their website. And as we go on and continue to talk about the support of nurses, uh, one of the things that's come up, uh, I know you guys have heard me talking about this, is with our nursing education. You know, we talk a lot about the nursing shortage and we're looking for ways to resolve that and fix the workplace. But some of the underlying problems that we really need to get to, especially if we wanna grow our healthcare workforce, is making sure that we have the funnel of new nurses coming in. So I wanna ask, did you know that over 80,000 nursing student applicants get turned away every year because there's either not enough space in their programs or there's not enough clinical components um sites to accommodate their training. So, one of the ways that we're going to help with replenishing our workforce and help getting more people in the workforce is looking at our nursing education. And as we know, during the pandemic, we've had some issues with that. Clinical sites were shut down. How are we training, you know, our new nurses, our new grads? People are worried coming out of nursing school. We got some things we got to deal with we got some fish to fry here especially if we want to keep our nursing pipeline going so i'm really excited about our next guest we have dr ryan Rivera. he's an assistant professor at stanford and ceo of simx a company that develops medical simulation software for virtual and augmented reality his company is the largest immersive VR Medical Training Company, and they've worked with the likes of Mayo, Northwestern, UPenn, the US Air Force, and quite a few other nursing physician and EMS training programs. So uh, please welcome to the show, Dr. Ryan Rivera.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for being here. So, Dr. Rivera, I kind of started this conversation with some of the woes we've been having with you know the yeah. nursing profession. A lot of people have been leaving. We've not had enough people coming through our nursing programs, our shortage is getting worsened. And some of that, I mean, let's get to the root of the problem is how we enter people into the workforce. How do we get them prepared and trained to take on these challenges of being a nurse? And so Mm -hmm. I talked about our clinical situation. Sometimes we don't have enough clinical sites or quality clinical sites. Let me add that in there too, um, to train our nurses. And so, Sounds like you have a solution that can help us in this, so we're really excited to hear about it, but before we get into that, can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your yeah. experience as a physician and in healthcare?
1: Sure, yeah, uh, so I, I can tell you a little bit about kind of how I came to the, the role that I have, so I was not somebody who always knew I wanted to go into medicine, and in fact, I uh, entered undergrad as a computer science major, did that for a couple of years, and then realized I really wanted to work with people. So I moved into business and I did that for a couple of years and then, you know, eventually was missing out on the sciences. And it, it kind of occurred to me that, you know, a way that I could combine my interest in technology and improving systems and still incorporate some science in there and still work with people would be if I went to medical school. So much to the dismay of my wife at the time, I went back and <laughs> did all of my pre-med requirements and added a, a few years to my education so I could, uh, Prepare to go to med school, but I I entered that knowing that you know even though I was very interested in clinical medicine and you know treating patients directly, that a big part of my career was going to be working to use technology to improve the systems that surround healthcare, so that we can you know train better and and treat patients better. And so you know I went about that in a few different ways. And in fact, for a while I worked for CMS and for AHRQ quality improvement programs, building packages of metrics to try to make care safer. And then, you know, eventually I realized that, you know, those are all fine programs, you know, your sepsis bundle compliance programs and things like that. But, you know, those those improve patient safety, you know, 5% or 10% if you're really successful. And what we really need in the healthcare system is improving safety more like 80% or 90%. And I think that's something that can really only come through, you know, large scale technology changes. And at that time, we realized that VR and AR were coming up and they could be great ways for us to improve the quality and the frequency of simulation training. And that was something that would have a really big impact. So probably about eight years ago, we, we started SIMX with that goal in mind.
0: Oh wow! First, very colorful experience, um, and isn't it interesting how we, when we follow our passions, we it kind of takes us under roads less travel, like you said, to the dismay of your wife. But look at you now! I bet she's she's thrilled about it now. Yeah, but I think that's so important, and I I'm, and I commend you for you know you having these other interests, but still wanting to stay true to the desire to improve healthcare and work somehow, mm-hmm. some way uh, within that uh, profession. So again, as I kind of intro the topic, I was talking about how we train in nursing school. You know, we have a set amount of clinical sites. We don't have, often don't have enough sites, or we go to our sites that people don't necessarily get the experience that we were hoping for our nursing students to get. And so it's kind of like time wasted in a sense. I'm just going to go and say it because you didn't get to see all of the things you needed to see, or, you know, do the skills and all of those things. So that's one of the things that I see wrong with the way that we train now. You know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think if, if you look at it, we are basically training nurses and physicians and EMTs and, and everybody in the same way that we have since like, I don't know, the 1940s or so, right? Where it's just you have a portion of your education that is didactic and then you might do a little bit of simulation or skills training and then you're expected to get a lot of your training through real life experience, through, you know, clinical opportunities. And as you said, those can be very variable. You, I mean, you, you may see something, you may not. And it is a real challenge to think about how to adequately train somebody for a career in healthcare, because, you know, the breadth of what you might encounter is, is huge. And there's just a, a huge volume of, you know, low frequency, but very high consequence events, you know, things that you might only be called upon to do you know, a couple times in your career, but you've got to be prepared for it. And so I think that's where simulation really shines. Instead of the variability of those clinical experiences, uh, you can really control and expose people to a wide variety of clinical encounters you know, in an environment that's safe and, and that's safe for patients as well. And so I think there's a real opportunity there. And, you know, I think we've known for a long time that simulation education has a lot of those benefits, but a lot of the barriers have been just the logistics around traditional simulation training. You know, the fact that we have to haul out these 150 pound mannequins, you know, that have just kind of limited robotic capabilities and you have to build kind of a fake hospital room around them and, or you need to bring in trained actors to be your standardized patients. And there's a lot of resources involved in that. And so, you know, it makes simulation something that is a rare event, something that you do, you know just every, every month or every quarter or something along those lines. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that VR and AR can help us break down those logistical barriers Make sim instead something that you can, you know, integrate into your small group sessions. You can lecture in the front of the room and sim in the back. You can send people home with headsets and they can do simulation at home. And through those means, be able to improve our simulation phase, but also kind of, as you say, you know, make up for some of the gaps in those clinical education opportunities.
0: So that sounds great in theory. So now we've got to <laughs> change the culture, right? We've got to change the culture of the people who are currently in our education systems, who are in academia, because you know, we've mm-hmm. always done it like this, you know, they don't like to change what they think is working for them. But quite honestly, I don't know, It's not working. It's not working right. because we have nurses, doctors, EMS folks coming out not feeling prepared. They have this kind of imposter syndrome. That yes, I've made it through school. Mm-hmm. I have these grades, but I don't know that I necessarily have these hands-on skills. I might have the knowledge. I've read the book. I took the test, but the actual, you know, dexterity and skills to actually you know, do these things. So can you talk, walk us a little bit about like an example of a VR training? Like what is a scenario, what would a scenario look like? What would it entail? What can I expect as that nursing or a paramedic student or that, you know, medical student?
1: Sure. Well, you know, and, and I'll start off by saying that, you know, I think VR is a modality for delivering information the same way that, a video is or a computer screen is and so there's actually a lot of different things that you can do with vr when it comes to healthcare training but our philosophy is you know we are we are creating a true simulation if you're familiar with star trek sometimes i say it's like a holodeck style experience right so in our simulations you put on a headset and if it's a physician training scenario i'd say hey i'm dr Rivera. you know what brought you into the emergency department today and there's a virtual patient on that bed, and there's a virtual nurse in the room, and there might be, you know, RT available or something, and I I would talk to that patient just like I would talk to a real person. And if I need to listen with a stethoscope, I have to physically walk over to the table where the stethoscope is located, I have to pick it up, I have to bring it over and I have to put it on their chest, right? So um, it is very much uh, intended to be a replication of real life clinical encounters you know people think well this is a virtual sim so it's like a game right but it's not like a game there's no points popping up or there's you know no arrows pointing to what you should do next it is really just a way for you to practice your skills in as realistic environment as we can create and so we have a very wide variety of scenarios we have um, over 240 scenarios now and we're building another two or three every single week and for nursing especially it's pretty broad so we have everything from you know, basic assessment scenarios where, you know, this is your first encounter with a patient, you're supposed to kind of gather their history, make sure you've recorded their allergies, you do kind of a head to toe exam, you know, you check their vitals, you alert the physician if there's anything that's abnormal, you know, all the way to very complex OB scenarios where, you know, there's a delivery and you have to participate in NRP and resuscitating the baby and the mother's also bleeding out and you have to punch in the uterus and give oxytocin right? So and where, where there are virtual, you know, OB physicians and, and others there to support. And we also have, you know, multi-patient scenarios. So I think one of our most exciting nursing scenarios actually is one where you have four different patients you need to take care of in four different rooms. And, you know, this takes place over a you know 40 by 40 foot area. And so you're walk, physically walking from room to room and opening the virtual doors and checking in on a patient, and you're talking to one and you hear that your patient in the other room has just fallen out of their bed. And so you got to say, okay, um, we'll get back to this in just a moment. Hold on, and then you go into that room, and the patient's on the on the ground, and everything's spilled out, and you have to help them up, and you have to do, you know, a check. So at that point, you're not just testing somebody's specific, you know, clinical skills. You're also testing their ability to juggle all the complex situations that we have to juggle in healthcare. And I think that's one of the great things about virtual reality is. You know, a scenario like that, could you set that up with mannequins and trained actors where you have four different mannequins? And uh, sure, you could. But that's a huge event that, you know, is is really something you can only run like once a year. But with VR, you can pop on a headset and you can do that 10 times a day. You could do that, you know, every single day for your trainees. And uh, so it really allows you to do that kind of you know complex training that incorporates a lot of the aspects of the practice of medicine and, and do it in a package that's really easy to set up.
0: Wow. Okay, guys, I know, I know I'm interviewing him, but I have some questions for my, like my own curiosity ears, because, you know, and I've been adjunct clinical faculty and things like that. And, you know, usually when we're training, we grab out some of the mannequins are just mannequins that don't do anything. And then some people got sophisticated, kind of had a simulation lab where maybe their mannequins talk or they sweat or they got bodily fluids can leak and things like that. So those are expensive. Mm-hmm. You got to have someone there who's running the scenario and talking to the person. In this virtual training, so is it something as, and I have like an Oculus, so I'm, I'm already I'm already team VR. Yeah.
1: But Great. like, so Understood. do you put
0: on something similar to an Oculus and I can do this in my own home as long as I just have the space to train? Yeah, yes. We, wow.
1: we run the Oculus Quest. We run also on the HTC Focus 3 or the Pico Neo, basically all of the new generation wireless VR headsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, We run on. Yeah, and we do have, you know, for our simpler scenarios, there are things you can pop on and and do by yourself. For our more complex scenarios, they do have a a moderator or an instructor module. And so that instructor is on a computer and they're able to see what's happening in VR and they're able to like trigger events and make the scenario harder or easier as it goes along, things like that. Kind of like you would control a mannequin.
0: Sweet. So let's say there's a nurse educator or a dean or someone's listening like, you know what, this sounds very interesting. This mm-hmm. might work for our students. Is this something where the school would then need a dedicated person to work with your company to facilitate this VR training? Like what would be the responsibility of a school who's wanting to explore this? What are, you mm-hmm. know? Are they, what would they have to do or provide or what resources?
1: Certainly, people can reach out through our website to uh, simxvr.com and talk to one of our team members. And if you like the scenarios that we already have, and like I said, we've got over 240 scenarios that exist, then it can be a pretty easy process, uh, especially if you've already got headsets. We we can set people up with accounts remotely. Usually, remote training is sufficient to get people up and running to be able to to run the software but you know they they don't certainly need to interface with us on a day-to-day basis and most of our customers are running this successfully um independently every single day with hundreds of students and it's it's not really an issue now you know something else that we can do too if people see our scenario lists and it doesn't quite match up with their curriculum is we kind of uniquely have the ability to rapidly make custom scenarios as well and so we we've done that for a lot of a lot of institutions where we You know, make scenarios that really match up to exactly what it is that that they want from a learning goals perspective or their patient demographics or the tools that are available to the learners. And then the way our business model works is, you know, we make those scenarios for people and then they can take those scenarios and put them on our marketplace and license them to others. Right, And so it can be a kind of a, almost like writing a textbook, like the new, the new version of, of writing a textbook. Right, You can build a VR curriculum that you can share with the world. And institutions can even keep some of the revenue associated with that.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. And also for people listening, I also want to clarify, I kind of got ahead of myself. Can you just explain to our listeners what's the difference between VR, AR, mm-hmm. and XR and, and the, you know, those type of things?
1: Yeah, you know, that that's, that's a really good question. And, you know, you're hearing those terms thrown around more and more. And, you know, I mean, to be honest, there's not really a 100% decided upon definition for a lot of these terms. But generally speaking, when you're talking about VR or virtual reality, you're talking about a situation where you are 100% encompassed in a virtual world. So, you know, everything that you see when you're looking around the room is all virtual content. AR or augmented reality is you know where you can see both the virtual content and the real world and you know there's a few different types of augmented reality sometimes people throw mixed reality in there as a term but usually in augmented reality you're looking at the real world and there's virtual content that is you know augmenting it right so if you saw those old Google Glass commercials back when that was around and you might look down the street and you see the Yelp reviews for a restaurant popping out or you know you're you're trying to navigate through a building and the directions are on the ground virtually in front of you. That's, that's augmented reality. And then, you know, people talk about mixed reality. And that's where the virtual and the real world content is more intermixed. So things like Pokemon Go, if you're familiar with that game, right, where it looks like Pikachu is in the room with you and you can, you know, throw things at him and things. That's more mixed reality where that virtual and real world content is intermixed. And then XR is just like kind of a general term for all of those things combined. So anything that is virtual or augmented or mixed reality, any combination of, of virtual and real worlds, XR is kind of that header term.
0: Okay. So and, and again, we're kind of I kind of started this with nursing schools, nursing schools. Let's say that I'm an experienced nurse, but I want to level up. I really want to advance my mm-hmm. skills, fine tune some things, um, but I'm not in nursing school. Is this something that if I have oculus or a head you know kind of those headsets that i can log on and you know purchase these services or this product independently on my own so i can do my own self-learning
1: yeah you know I, i mean i think there there's a future state where that is going to be available i think that would be a fantastic way to go i think there are some logistical challenges with that frankly on our end and with an emerging technology that's changing a lot it requires a little bit of training. I think at this stage it probably makes the most sense for us to sell to institutions and that that's right. what we've focused on. But I definitely I don't think it's that far away. I think we're talking about two or three years from now probably. It will be possible to have a business model and a technology delivery model where individuals can, you know, practice on their own because yeah, I think there would be great value in that. I I, I would use that, right? right. <laughs> if that I would
0: well, Listen, my yeah. and I know I know I had a question on my list of what's coming next, but I kind of got so excited. I got ahead of myself. I was like, oh, I want to do <laughs> this. And I also think that, you know, yes, nursing schools are responsible for helping to get our future generations of nurses in the pipeline, but we as nurses and also, you know, physicians, EM, anyone who's practicing in healthcare, we have a personal duty to ourselves to stay educated and informed with what's going on so we can stay current right. and provide the best care. And Sometimes we need to brush up on our own skills and we know, listen, y'all are listening. You know what you need to brush up on. You know, what you've forgotten, you know, we don't necessarily advertise those things, but you know, we're quickly looking, Googling online, like, okay, is there a module or, or something I can refresh on cardiac dysrhythmias or refresh yeah. on labs or whatever the case may be. But I think, and I'm just throwing this out there, you guys, not that he asked me, but I'm just going to insert this anyways. How cool would that be if they purchased a package? That allows for nurses because they have other self-study, self-paced type of modules you can do for learning, but nothing like this. So look, Dr. Rivera, I'm already consulting with you guys. (laughs) Bring me on. Um, But no, I'm saying it would be, how cool would that be to partner with those those agencies? Because I I can tell you, there's probably a lot of of nurses who want something like this and we don't necessarily know where to get it because we're not in school anymore. Our hospitals aren't necessarily providing these things. So where do we go?
1: i agree completely and I, I think i think there are just a couple of logistical hurdles there but mm-hmm. I, it's i think very soon that will be available and you know, in the meantime there are a lot of community we've been surprised at the at the interest from community hospitals who want to provide something to their staff nurses you know especially around certain topics some of our more in-depth like ob scenarios or psych scenarios you mm-hmm. know they're, they're purchasing it so that that is available to their staff nurses so it's, it's less of, a, of an individually driven thing, but still an opportunity, I think, for people to brush up on their skills in, in a nice, safe environment.
0: Good. And then kind of along what's coming next, where I don't know, maybe this is Alice's wish list, um, but would there ever be possibly an opportunity to do VR training with other people? Just like when my kids play video games, they're playing with people all around the world. Like, I don't even know who right. they're playing with, but they make friends. With their, with their little <laughs> gamers. And I know this is not a game. This is you know educational purposes. But is this possible? Is it possible for me in here in Los Angeles to log on to a scenario where a physician in Miami, Florida gets on and maybe someone mm-hmm. else in Idaho gets on and then we're all in the same scenario and we have to work as a team?
1: Yeah, well, so uh, not only is that possible, that uh, that is possible right now in our software, actually. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, so we we do support multiplayer, and and you absolutely can be across the world from each other, and join into the same scenarios, and you can talk with each other and work together around the same virtual patients. Um, in fact, I think that's that's one of the great use cases for this, um, and many of the nursing schools that that we sell into, you know, they often have kind of a larger academic center, and then some outline campuses. And, you know, historically, they would literally throw a mannequin in the back of their car and drive it, you know, a couple hours to their outline campuses for sim day. And here they can just have, you know, their moderator in one, lo- like the instructor in one location, students from different campuses all joined together into the same sims. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic benefit, I think, of VR technology. And then we also, believe it or not, you can have multiple people in the same room working around the same virtual patients, and uh, everything is lined up. So if they high-five in VR, they'll high-five in real life. So we um, can do code blue
0: scenarios together. Yeah.
1: Yep. I yep.
0: love it.
1: We can even do multidisciplinary sims, too, where um, the system is keeping track of different critical actions for the physician or the nurse or the RT or the pharmacist or whoever is in this like mega code scenario and so uh, you know after the fact they can all get their own kind of performance reports based on on their on their learning goals
0: this is cool guys i'm loving this i really am and my wheels are turning and i know this was an interview to talk about you and your company and you know highlight Mm -hmm. this 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 great work but i i'm you guys i'm already on the on the side of the fence of how does nurse.org work with you so we can have our own virtual learning modules (laughs) because we have people all over the world who tune into our classes and information how cool would that be if I could lead a scenario and guys, you guys can join me from, from Africa, India, Ireland, everywhere you guys tune in from and we do a scenario together, that would be awesome. Yeah. So how do people who are listening, whether they're an educator, CNO, or maybe they're a bedside nurse, they want to bring, or even a nursing student, bring this to their school or place of employment, where do they go to find out more information about SIMX and how they can engage? Yeah.
1: Yeah, simxvr.com. So simxvr.com is our website. And that, that should give you everything you need to know about the basics. Um, you can also find us on you know Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or kind of any social media generally under that simxvr handle. And
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: see some of the things that we've been doing recently. We also generally go to you know most of the big simulation trade shows. So um, I think Inaxel is coming up pretty soon, which is the big nursing sim conference. And we will have a, a large booth there where you can try a lot of the Sims that we've been talking about here and put on the headset and give it a go. And, you know, I, I will say that is actually trying it in headset is very, very different from just watching our videos or hearing about it like this on a podcast. It's, you know, it's kind of like if you were to describe, I don't know, a video to somebody and have them try to understand what this video is like. It's very different when they actually watch it. And I I think that's true of VR too. Like no matter how you try to describe the experience, um, it's very different when you put on the headset and you are inside the scenario and interacting with the virtual characters.
0: I think so too. Now, I've not been in one of your scenarios, but again, I have an Oculus. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I've I've been in some rooms and done some activities on there too. And it look, it's surreal. Like I'm literally in a room with people I don't even know from all over the world. And it's amazing. And I think it's just, such a great thing that we can harness technology and really utilize this to help advance our training experience. So we can take better care of people guys. So we can feel more Mm -hmm. confident. We can provide quality, safe care, feel competent and, you know, advance our learning and, you know, stuff is always changing. Things are always happening. And if you're not in nursing school, mind you, you know, this is helpful in nursing school, but even for the person who already is licensed and practicing, you want to stay on your game. You want to, you know, mm-hmm. keep doing things to advance your practice. And I think this is a great step in that direction. So thank you so much for all your innovation, because listen, <laughs> I don't know that we would have thought about this 10 years ago. You, I don't yeah, know.
1: Well, I think, you know, back in the nineties, there were a few people writing about it. Just, just a couple people who I think kind of had that vision. But yeah, I mean, when we started the company in, in 2013 you couldn't even get a developer kit for an Oculus or, or really for any VR headset. And so, you know, something that we, we started and started working on just on the anticipation that this technology was going to arrive and that it was going to be able to provide some of these benefits. And I think it turned out actually to surpass our expectations in many ways in terms of how easy VR headsets have have become to use and, and how affordable mm-hmm. they've become. And so that's it's really been a big boon.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much for being an early adopter. So now you can help lead the way and help us, you know, stay safe with our practice, advance our knowledge and just, gosh, this is this is going to open doors for so many, you know, for people who just don't have the opportunity for certain experiences and opportunities. And like you said, to do it in a safe way, we like learning, but we also don't want to put our patients at risk while we are learning.
1: Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I think that's, um, Every generation of medicine looks back on the generation before and says, well, how could you have done that? How could you, have, you know, put leeches on people or done bloodletting? Like, that's so barbaric. That's crazy. And I think when the future looks back on us, they'll say, like, how could you have practiced on real people? Right? How could you have let people just like stab away at IVs, you know, on real humans with, you know, having just practiced on an orange? right? And um, and it is kind of barbaric when you think about it. It's one of those things we don't really talk about too much with our patients, but I, I think VR will make that much less necessary, right? It, it will seem yeah. very silly to be practicing a procedure on a patient that you haven't already done over a hundred times.
0: I agree with that. And you're right. They probably aren't going to look at us like that. Um, yeah. But thanks to people like you, um, you know, we will, the next time we do that for the, the first time on a real person, we would have practiced so many times have been, you know, well-versed right. in the VR world that it will, you know, less harm, less sticks, less pokes, because we will, will already have some experience under our belt, in the, at least in the VR world. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Rivera, for your time. Thank you for sharing, uh, you know, first creating uh, Simex. We look forward to to hearing more about uh, this technology, getting into more nursing schools, getting into the hands of people who our independent practitioners who want to stay up on their game. One more time, if you can tell us the website and where to go for more information. One more time for the rest.
1: Yep, SimXVR, SIMXVR.com. I'll give you everything you need to know.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I thank you, Nurse.org. Thanks, you, and guys, thanks for tuning in. I know you found this exciting and interesting. You're like, why didn't they have that when I was in nursing school? I know, but perhaps you'll have the opportunity to still practice it. A lot, sounds like a lot's coming down the pipeline with this company, so stay tuned. And also, by the way, share this information with someone that you know, a classmate, a colleague, your manager, your educator, someone else, because sharing is caring. We want to make sure we get this good information out. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and so until next time, Please, please, please make good choices. Be kind to one another and live well, my friends.
1: Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.